Hello friends, this is the voice of Phineas Javelin. Uh, this evening I want to spend a little bit more time with one of the uh, great prophets. Spoke about him on one of the previous episodes when God told him and his counterpart Jeremiah to, for both of them to be prepared for what would take place when they did what he told them to do and that was to take the word out and to share the word or to spread the word rather uh, with those people that were in at the time in the dispensation in the Old Testament period when the prophets were prophets were walking they were to tell the house of Israel and Judah of, of their rebellion against God and in that episode we talked about how they were told by God to not to be concerned with the looks that they got. Let's just make it really easy. Not to be concerned with the looks that they would get from the people that he told them to go to. Not to be uh, afraid of their ways and the things that they would say because they were a rebellious and a stiff-necked people anyway. But he, what he did tell them that he had give them all that they need. He had given them all that they need to be able to uh, to do the task that they were called to, and that was to prophesy of the doom that was going to come to them because of, once again, not just the people, but need to be very particular, the uh, the kings and the, the priests and the people themselves had all gotten outside of the will of God, and because they did that, they were going to give an account to God, but God always gives us warning, my friends, God is gracious like that. You know, um, he, he's gracious enough to give us a warning. He did it then and he does it now. It let's us know that, you know, when we're getting outside of uh, the his will, when we're getting to that place where we got to be very careful, because if we don't, we could find ourselves in some dire straits. You know, this, um, this evening, I want to go back to Ezekiel. And a block of my favorite scriptures in Ezekiel is in, in the third chapter, the very same chapter that we, we were actually in when God spoke to him about the looks that he would get. But um, Ezekiel, the third chapter, verse number 17 through verse number 21, it speaks of um, Ezekiel as being a watchman on the wall. And what I'm going to do, I know, I don't know, I don't know how many of you out there have ever taken the time to read the Matthew Henry commentary. Um, you know, studying the Word of God, I found, is something that requires some time. If you have not been able to go to a theological seminary, or if you have not had the opportunity to go to spend a lot of time in, in Bible schools, then it, you'd be surprised how much you can get when you take the time to do um, the study of the Word of God yourself. I found, my friends, as a pastor... One of the greatest resources that I have, uh, I have that I believe that God truly blessed me and brought me to, was this Matthew Hen Matthew Henry commentary. We'll spend a lot of time talking about the commentary itself, or about uh, Matthew Henry himself, who is the the writer, along with so many other people who had their input into help him in the commentary. But I can guarantee this: if you ever take the time to sit down and read the Matthew Henry commentary, you'll be surprised how much uh, more focus you'll get 
when it comes to the Word of God. It doesn't add to the Word of God. It doesn't take away the Word of God. It just brings focus. And you'll see what I'm talking about tonight because tonight I'm going to spend some time talking about this uh, block of scriptures, Ezekiel, the third chapter, verses number 17 through verse 21. I'm going to read those scriptures first out of the King James Version. And the Matthew Henry commentary was uh, commentary is on the King James Version Bible. So as I once I read the scripture and I begin to read the Matthew Henry, it's going to open up the King James Version Bible to some of you out there that, you know, I've heard people say they don't like the King James Version Bible because there's too many these and too many thous and they don't understand the they don't understand the language. Well, I, I believe that if you want if, if you pray before you read the Holy Scripture, that's the Lord to give you an understanding to the Holy Scripture. He'll do just that. The Holy Spirit is a person. He wants you to, he wants, the Spirit of God wants you to understand. He wants you to learn. He wants you to be wise in the Word of God. And we're living in a time, my friends, where people just don't want to take the time. They'll take a time, they'll take time for everything else in this life. But they won't take the time to sit down with the Word of God and chew on it, feed on it. Let it become the food for your soul. Uh, great wisdom for your mind, a strength in your time of weakness. Um, and that's what the Word of God does. And, and, the, and the Matthew Henry commentary is a great way for you to understand. I, I, I know, I remember when I ordered, when I first ordered the commentary, I thought it was going to come in a single book. And when the box got here, it's actually six volumes. And it's six volumes of really small print. But you can also get it if you have Bible Gateway. You can also get it on the Bible Gateway. You know, that's one of the resources they have, one of the learning resources. But I'm going to tell you something. If you really want to get a good understanding of the scriptures as you read it, and it, keep in mind, my friends, the, the study of the Bible is a lifelong study. You will, if anybody ever tells you, oh, I've been through the Bible two or three times, I, I, I've read it, I know, you know, that just is proof positive that they don't understand that the Bible is living. That just as a person lives until they die, the Bible will live on forever. The Word of God will live on forever. The Word of God, it, it never dies. It never gets old. It never, it, it's, it's not, it's not um, based on the technology that comes. It's not based on fads and cultures and, movie stars and all these kind of things that people like to make think are more important than the Word of God. The Word of God never loses its power. The Word of God never loses its ability to touch you. You might read the Word of God when you're sad and it'll lift you up. And you can read the very same verse that you read when you were sad when you're happy and it'll give you a great peace because the Word of God is living, because it is alive. The scripture, when it speaks to us, it speaks to us personally. These scriptures, once again, that I'm going to read out of Ezekiel about the watchman on the wall. I really love this because this talks about responsibility. My friends, this Ezekiel, the prophet, and all the prophets, the, the major prophets and all the minor prophets that are, in, that, are that are in the Old Testament, they were given a responsibility by God to take his word out and give it to the people. And it wasn't going to be based on how they felt, as we spoke of before. 
but it was going to be based on the on the tasking that God gave them. This is my question to you going into this. Are you prepared for the tasking that God has called you to? Are you prepared um, as a Christian to handle the rigors of being a Christian and the responsibility of being a Christian? I don't think I don't think many of, of you are. Um, I know I wasn't for a long time until I began to read and understand how deep the responsibility was. And then as I became a pastor and began to look at God's people and understand what God wanted me to give to his people, the responsibility became more real. More real. You have some pastors there all about filthy lucre. Uh, you have some pastors that are all about a name. You have some pastors that are all about the numbers, how big the church they can get and how big they can build it. You have many pastors that are, have a heart for God the way I have a heart for God. Oftentimes, it seems like those pastors, sometimes they, they their, their ministries are smaller, but that's not always so because one of, one, a couple of the, of the great men of God that I listened to and uh, paid attention to in their ministries was um, Adrian Rogers, who has gone home to be with the Lord. Evie Hill, who has gone home to be with the Lord. Dr. D. James Kennedy, who has gone home to be with the Lord. And there are many of these other men that they preached and they taught and they warned God's people and he, they warned the unsaved world about their sin, about rebellion, the way they were supposed to. So when they did go home to be with the Lord, they would receive their that reward uh, for doing what they were called by God to do. See, the prophets of old and the pastors and ministers of today have the same responsibility. We have the exact same responsibility. The only difference is that the dispensation, the time it was done, but the responsibility is just as great now, today, as it was for Ezekiel. So these scriptures coming out of Ezekiel, the third chapter, verse number 17, the word of God reads, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. This is God to Ezekiel. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast just delivered thy soul. Again, when a righteous man doth run, turn, excuse me, from his righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because thou hast not given him warning, he shall die in his sin, and his righteousness, which he hath done, shall not be remembered, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Final verse, nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man that the righteousness that, that the righteous sin not, 
and he doth not sin, he shall surely live, because he is warned. Also thou hast delivered thy soul. Do you hear the responsibility in there? Do you hear the responsibility that God gave Ezekiel to warn the wicked of their ways? To warn them that if they continue in their sin, in their iniquity, they're going to die. And if Ezekiel warns them of that and they die, then their blood will not be required at his hand. But if he did not do that, that God had called him to do, and the wicked die, then the blood shall be required at Ezekiel's hand. And see, listen, people want to get saved. They want to have a walk with the Lord, but they don't want to be responsible in that walk. They don't want to be a part of the harvest. They don't want to be a part of what it takes to, to uh, make sure that those people that God has set you before or uh, will hear what thus saith the Lord. Some think it's easier just to receive salvation and then go their way. And then every time you are to warn somebody of their sin and or their iniquity, and you don't, because you're either too afraid, you're too slothful, or maybe you haven't taken the time to hear from God through the reading of the word, and that time comes when you need to warn somebody and you don't know how to do it. You don't have the wisdom of God to do it, You don't, but you have a fear of doing it, and you don't warn that person, and that person dies in their sin. That blood is going to be required at your hand. You and you might say, "Well, well, well, why do I have to be responsible for somebody else?" Because that's the beauty of salvation. That's the work. Not that we are saved by our works. Don't get me wrong. But when you are saved and you love God and you realize what He's done for you, then you won't have an issue with doing what God has called for you to do in your salvation. But there are many people that are saved, but they're afraid. They're afraid to, to be the watchman. They're afraid to take the responsibility for their loved ones, for their friends, co-workers, uh, churchgoers. They're afraid to do what God has told them to do. Sit, we'll, we'll sit back and watch the enemy come into the camp will sit back and watch the rebelliousness of the individual bringing destruction to himself or herself and will not say anything about it. Won't, won't sound the trumpet. Won't blast the horn that says, warning, warning, you're, you're, you're moving into uh, dangerous territory. But instead will watch that person continue in their sin, continue in their iniquity, and say, that's not my business. Let them take that up with, between them and God. That's between them and God. But if God has set you in a place to where you need to be a watchman, and you don't do your task, and you don't do your job, you don't do the ministry that God has called you to do, and people around you are dying, they're dropping like flies. Christians are getting tired of waiting for the coming of the Christ and they going back out into the world and they're beginning to live their life like heathens all over again. And it's right there for you to 
warn them and to let them know and you see them falling short of their life that they're supposed to live and you're not doing your job, you're a bad watchman. You're a bad watchman. There's no reason why any of us remnant Christians, there's no reason why you, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you believe that what he that he died for you on the cross for your sins, if, if, it, if what he did for you is so great in your soul and so great in your heart, then you'll want that for others. You'll want that for others. You won't have a hard time letting them know that their ways are evil. You know, it's amazing because in the scripture, and I will get to the Matthew Henry, I believe here, but in the scripture, there's a, a block of scriptures that I want to read real quick also, because oftentimes, you know, we, uh, we, uh, we you know, people, they're kind of critical about, about the word of God. They're kind of critical about those that will, um, preach the word of God. And they say, and then, you know, those are in the world, they're always smarter than, you know, they're always smarter than the word of God. And they're always smarter than the, the, than the, um, than the, the pastor or the one that's, that's sounding the trumpet, that's sounding the alarm. When people don't want to do right, they always try to. They'll always find ways to continue in their sin. They'll always try. They'll always find ways to continue doing what they want to do and said, "Well, you know, um, you didn't make it clear enough, or, 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 you know, I can handle the outcome." They'll always try to find ways to continue on doing what they'll do, what they want to do, and so they'll try to make it seem like the 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 minister of God doesn't know what they're talking about. Or that they they'll use the whole thing about context. What is the context? You're 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 in the wrong context. You know, this is what happens when you don't when people don't want to do right by God. They they make excuses for their sin. They make they try to leave openings for their sin by attacking the Word of God or by attacking the minister uh, by shutting up their ears to what they need to hear. Well, in First Corinthians. The second chapter, just so we'll understand that um, uh, God has given us the responsibility to do what we're supposed to do, because we were once unsaved. You know, as watchmen now, I was once in a place where I couldn't be a watchman, but somebody was was a good watchman, and because they were watching out for me. They did what they were supposed to do. I could actually say, my wife, Daisy, she did what she was supposed to do as a good watchman. She didn't hound me. She didn't, uh, as as the world calls it, browbeat me. Or She wasn't a Bible thumper. All these crazy things that people make up. They make up these words and these things. They're, they're excuses for them to continue in their sin. But what she did do is that she loved me enough to tell me the truth. She loved me enough to be a good watchman. Or I guess for the women out there, a good watch woman. But she was a good watchman. And she did that that she was supposed to do. And it's it's amazing because in First Corinthians, the second chapter, we'll read a couple of verses here. It says, uh, starting at verse number 11, 
uh, it says, uh, no, let me start at verse number 10. Excuse me. Let me start at verse number 10. No, no, no. Let me go back a little bit further. <laughs> Y'all bear with me. I'm going to go ahead because this is all good. And, 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 you, and we have time. If, if you'll take the time to listen to me, then I'll take the time to give you what I believe God wants me to give you. You just have to take it in. So 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, verse number 9 says, But it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Listen to this. But he that is spiritual judges, judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who have known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let me make it very simple to you. Before I got saved, I lived unsaved. Now I'm saved, I live saved. And because I was once unsaved and now I'm saved, I understand both sides. I understand how the flesh wants to do what it wants to do because I was unsaved. But now that I'm saved, I know what the, what the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit, what he wants to do for me, what God wants to do for me. So I know that, that what God has for me is great. But an unsaved man, a man that's never been saved, a man that's living in the flesh, is living in the world, the only thing that he can understand is the things of man. He can only understand what he can understand. He can't understand spiritual things because spiritual things are spiritually discerned. So if you want to understand what God has said, then you first have to become spiritual, which means you first have to receive salvation through Christ Jesus. The wise, listen to me, the wisest of men who write books the wisest professors, the wisest scientists, the wisest of men uh, all around the globe, um, I don't care what culture or, or what re cult that they are in or what religion they're in, the wisest of men, if they are not, if they have not been saved by the blood of the Lamb through Christ, if they've been saved through Christ Jesus, they will never understand the things of the Spirit because they are spiritually discerned. Everybody will say, well, I'm a spiritual person. I'm a spiritual person. I can understand. No, no, no. You, 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 you serve the spirit that you want to serve. But the one that you need to serve, you won't serve. And that spirit is a spirit that will allow you to understand and hear what you need to hear. If y'all hear something in the background, somebody decide they're going to cut their grass, but that's all right. They can cut on. I need to cut mine too. But so warning to you, this is my one. This is my warning to you. This is my warning to you that are that are that you, you believe that you're spiritual and you believe that you don't need uh, the word of God. You believe that you're fine where you're at. Uh, take heed, because the warnings are coming up.
And you might think you understand God. But if you're not saved, you don't understand God. But if you were once in the world and now you're saved, then you understand exactly what I'm saying. You understand both sides. And that gives us the, and that gives me, listen to me, my friends, because I lived on both sides, because I live now saved and I was once unsaved, when I give you a warning, I know what I'm talking about. Uh, I, I, I'm not, people, you hear people say, well, you can't judge me. You can't, you can't judge me. No, judgment is for Christ alone. He's the just judge. He's the one that has the power to uh, allow you into heaven or to cast you into hell. He's the just judge. If you commit your ways unto him and you live your life for him, you heed the warnings, then you can make it into God's kingdom. If you determine that you're going to rebel against God, you're not going to heed the warnings and you're going to, you're going to do whatever you want to do when you believe that you have you have things all under control, and you're so smart, and you're so wise, and you're so you're, you're so uh, um, 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 cultured and 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 above uh, Christians because the stuff that they do is just foolishness and silly things. Well, then when hell is your home, you'll be like the uh, uh, the rich man in Lazarus. The rich man in hell, you will look up, and you'll always remember the opportunity that you had. You were warned. You were warned. That this time was going to come. Listen to me. You know the Holy Scripture is real. It was written under the, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and so everything that's in this Holy Bible is real. It's for you. It's for you to learn. It's for you to grab hold of. It's for you to live your life with a knowledge. So be warned. So once again, what is the office? This office of which the prophet is called to. Um, uh, son of man, I have made thee a watchman on the wall. Uh, the house of Israel says, um, says this is the Matthew Henry now. I'm reading out of the Matthew Henry. Uh, the vision he, he saw astonished him. He knew not what to make of that. And this is Ezekiel. The vision that Ezekiel saw astonished him. He, he, he knew not what to make of that. And therefore God used this plain comparison which served better to lead him to the understanding of his work and so to reconcile him to it, he sat among the captives and said little, but God comes to him and tells him that he tells him that will not do. Ezekiel, that won't do what you just sitting there. He is a you are a watchman. He said he is a watchman and is and has something to say to them. He is appointed to be as a watchman in the city to guard against fire, robbers, disturbers of the peace, as a watchman over the flock, to guard against thieves and, and beasts and prey but especially as a watchman in the camp in an invaded country or a besieged, or a besieged town uh, that is to uh, watch the, the motions of the enemy and to sound an alarm upon the approach, nay, upon the first appearance of danger. This supposes that the house of Israel is to be, is, uh, house of Israel to be in a military state and exposed to enemies who are subtle and restless in their attempts upon it. Yea, and each of the particular members of that house to be in danger and concern to stand upon their guard. Note, ministers are watchmen on the church's walls, watchmen that go about the city. It is a toilsome office. Watchmen must keep awake, uh, be they ever so sleepy, and keep abroad. 
if it uh, uh, if it ever if if it ever excuse me be it ever so cold, they must stand all weathers upon the watchtower. It is a dangerous office. Sometimes they cannot keep their post, but are in peril of death from the enemy, who gain their point if they if, if they kill the sentinel. If the sentinel dies, the enemy gets in. And yet they and yet they dare not quit their post upon pain or death from their general. Such a dilemma are the church's watchmen in. Men will curse them if they be faithful, and God will curse them if they be false. But it is a needful office. The house of Israel cannot be safe without watchmen. And yet, except the Lord keep it, the watchman waketh but in vain. So this office that we're that that, that that the prophet was given, that Ezekiel was given, that as a watch on the wall, this office that I'm given as a pastor in the church, this is an office given by God. And the purpose is to bring security, to bring the word, sound the alarm, alarm when the enemy is trying to get in. See, a lot of times, you know, you, you try to tell somebody that you love that they're doing something wrong, you're trying to sound the alarm and they don't want to hear it. Put their fingers in their ears. Try to overtalk you, those who have the gift of gab. They try to overspeak you so you can't get the warning to them because they believe that they're fine where they're at. Oh my goodness, what a terrible place to be in when you will not listen to a warning. Especially when the warning comes from the man or the woman that's sent by God to warn you. And you might ask, well, how do I know? How, they, how do I know that God sent them? Because they, if, if a, a true watchman is going to give you the truth, they're going to love you enough to tell you what you need. It's one thing if I tell you, oh, you'll be just fine the way you are. Don't worry about what them people say. You just go ahead. You just go ahead and do what you're doing. You, 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 don't worry about it. You're, you're just fine. And then you turn around and you, you get sick or you get attacked or you lose your job or your marriage falls apart. Or your children are, are you know, are, are rebellious against you. And all the time, when I should have told you, look, this is what you need to do. You need to, you need to, you need to uh, examine yourself the way I had to examine myself. You need to get things in order in your home. You need to talk to your spouse. You need to discipline your children. You know, you, I, if I don't tell you the things that you need to know, and then you, everything falls apart, and then you blame God. And then you just determined that, well, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to serve God anymore because he ain't done anything for me. And you go right back out into the world because the enemy came in and attacked you. He attacked your home. He attacked you. And you wouldn't heed the warnings when someone was sent to tell you, you better be watchful. Because the enemy desires to have you and to sift you as wheat. So the watchman is for that purpose. is to sound the alarm. Let you know that the enemy's on his way. Let let you you know let let you know. Look, I, I heard him. I'm watching him. I'm seeing him. He's coming. That's what the watchman's for. As a pastor, I have to tell. Look, if, if I see sin in the in in the camp in the church, I have to root that sin out. I can't be worried about your tithes and your offerings, your your money. I can't be worried about, you know, just because you have a big name and you might leave and take everybody with you. I can't be worried about that. I have to make sure that you are warned of the sin that you're in. That's what my responsibility is. Whatever you do after that, that truly is between you and God.
So what is the duty of this office? The work of a watchman is to take notice and to give notice. The prophet, as a watchman, must take notice of what God said concerning this people, not only concerning the body of the people to which the prophecies of Jeremiah and other prophets had most commonly referenced, but concerning particular persons according as their character was. He must note he must not, as other watchmen, look look uh, look around to spy danger and gain intelligence, but he must look up to God. And further, he need not look. Hear the word of my mouth, God says. No, those that are to preach must first hear. For how can those teach others who have not first learned themselves? <laughs> That's my responsibility. In order for me to be a good watchman, I have to first have been taught. In order for me to uh, teach or preach, I have to first learn. You know, I, I've, I, I often have said to uh, those in the congregation that good followers make good leaders. Good followers make good leaders. If you're not willing to follow, if you're not willing to, uh, to learn, then more than likely you, you won't be able to teach. If you're always talking, if you don't know how to be quiet and listen and learn, then you won't have what it takes to be able to teach because you're, you're missing too much. So, you know, uh, um, um, it's, 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 it, I had to, before I could do what I'm doing as a pastor, I had to first learn, be taught, listen, study, pray and fast. All the things that were necessary for me to get to the place to where I want, where I could be a, a watchman that God would use to warn people of their sin. He must give notice of what he, what, what, what he heard. As a watchman must have eyes in his head, so he must have a tongue in his head. If he be dumb, it is as bad as if he were blind. Thou shalt give uh, them warning, God says, from me. Sound an alarm in the holy mountain, not in his own name or as from himself, but in God's name and from him. Ministers are God's mouth to the children of men. Ministers are God's mouth to the children of men. And people are so rebellious against ministers. There used to be a respect for ministers. I believe at one time there used to be a respect for ministers, but the youth, not just the youth, adults, men, women, People just don't respect ministers the way they used to. They they have they have no desire to respect them. They have no desire to hear from them. They want they want to be left alone by them. I love what that says. Ministers are God's mouth, God's mouth to the children of men. The scriptures are written for our admonition by them, as they uh, uh, by them, as thy servant warned. But because that which is delivered commonly makes the deepest impression by the living, that which is delivered by a living voice commonly makes the deepest impression. God is pleased by men like yourselves. Excuse me, like men like like men. Excuse me. God is pleased by men like ourselves, who are equally concerned to enforce upon us the warnings of the written word. Now the prophet in his preaching must distinguish between the wicked and the righteous, the precious and the vile. 
and in his, and in his applications must suit his alarms to each, giving everyone his portion. And if he did this, he should have the comfort of it. Whatever the success was, be it not, he has accountability. He, he, he has, he has, he was accountable. So I have to deal with each person individually. The watchman has to warn each individual based on who they are, how they can handle the warning, how young, how old, you know, um, how wise, how unwise, how rebellious, you know, how defiant, you know, how, 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 how soft and how tender. But all of us at one time need to be warned. All of us at one time in our life need to hear the counsel from God. And God is so gracious and so loving that he'll make sure that counsel comes to you or to me by the mouth of one that he sends. And if you don't hear it, if you determine that you're not going to pay attention to it, and as the scripture says, and you die in your sin, then your blood is going to require it at your own hand. It's not going to be required at the hand of the one that gave you the warning. Some of those, uh, some of those uh, he had to do with were wicked. And he must warn them not to go on in their wickedness, but to turn from it. We may, we may observe that, that, that the God of heaven has said and does say to every wicked man that if he go on still in his trespasses, he shall surely die. His iniquity shall, shall undoubtedly be his ruin. It tends to ruin and will end in ruin. Dying, thou shalt die. Thou shalt die so great a death, shalt die eternally. Be ever, uh, be ever dying, but never dead. The wicked man shall die in his iniquity, shall vie upon the guilt of it. Die under the dominion of it, of his own guilt of his own iniquity, that if a wicked man turn from his wickedness and from his wicked way, he shall live, and the ruin he is threatened with shall be prevented. And that he may do so, he is warned of the danger he is in. The wicked man shall die if he go on, but shall live if he repent. That is to ask the Lord for forgiveness. People think that you could just People think they can just do whatever they want to do on and on and on and go unrepentant, never asking the Lord sincerely for forgiveness of their sins and their iniquities. And then hell's going to be a place of remembrance. It's a, uh, as I said in our last um, episode, uh, I'm going to uh, talk to y'all about hell one day. Hell is a real place, but one of the greatest, one of the greatest uh, tortures of hell is going to be remembering. For an eternity, every opportunity that you had to do right, every opportunity that you were warned of your sin, every opportunity that you rebelled against God and you rebelled against your parents and you rebelled against your spouse and you rebelled against, you know, uh, against the word of God and society. Every time, every time somebody came to you and, and pre tried to bring you the gospel and and teach you the love of God and you rejected it. Every time you turn your back on God and walked away, you died your sin and you go to hell, you're going to remember every time because believe me, you'll have plenty of time to stay. You'll be there for an eternity. You'll have plenty of time to think about it, but you will not be able to get out. You will not be able to, there are no, there are no 
exit signs in hell. Once you're there, you're there. You're there to remember every opportunity that you had to do right. And, and listen to me. God didn't put you there. You put yourself there. That's what it was saying in the, in the reading. You die under your own iniquity. You go to hell under your own iniquity. You punch your own ticket. You were warned about it. You were warned to do right. You were warned that you don't have to go there, that there's a greater place. God has a, has prepared a place for you in heaven with him, but you said, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want to, I want to, I want to do what I want to do. I want to go where I want to go, and I don't want to hear nothing that you have to say, uh, you watchman. So you go tell that to somebody else and leave me alone. And so when you're in hell, you remember those very words. And this is the thing about hell. You'll remember the clarity of what you said. And you'll be so angry with God because he told you, he sent the, he sent, he sent the watchman to tell you, but you, you, you rejected the watchman and you're going to be mad at God about it. You, you, you ought to be mad at, you'll be mad, you believe me, you'll be angry with yourself for, for, for doing what you did. You'll be in torment. You'll be in torment for an eternity. And God doesn't put people in hell. Hell was created for the Satan and the fallen angels. But when you act like Satan, you'll get Satan's reward. When you act like the fallen angels, you'll get the fallen angels' reward. But be warned. See, that's what the watchman, that's what this was. That's what, this, is what, that's, this is what God was telling Ezekiel. Ezekiel, you're a watchman on the wall. Warn the people of Israel that they're sin. Because see, even after, their, even after Ezekiel warned them, they still didn't hear what God had to say. And so they did end up going to captivity for 70 years. And I'm telling you something, my friends, their, their captivity was a terrible captivity. Terrible things happened to them. Terrible things happened. I mean, they, 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 from, from the women eating their own children. Oh, yes. And that's in the Bible. That's in the Bible. Believe me, it's in there. The, it was a terrible thing. People died. Children died. They were under. They were subjugated, made slaves. Couldn't they, they? They they were allowed to worship only as much as their captors would allow them to worship. It was a terrible captivity for seventy years, but because God is good and God keeps His covenant, after that seventy years was up, God rescued them and delivered them out of their captivity. But if they had just paid attention to their prophets, when the prophets warned them what was going to take place, they wouldn't have even had to go into captivity. But they were rebellious, like so many of us are today, like so many people are today. God has sent pastors, evangelists, missionaries, just saved Christians that love you and me. He has sent them to warn you of your sin, but you defy God. And when you defy God, you will pay the, suffer the consequences of your defiance. I want to go down here because I want to read this right here about the righteous because, see, you know, it's one thing when you are unrighteous, but it's another thing when you are righteous and then you turn from your righteousness. There's a consequence for that, too. And the warning from the watchman has to go out to that one that turns from their righteousness. Because in either case, whether you are unrighteous 
unsaved, you know, just out there in left field or out there in, in, in like a golf ball and high weeds or like school at three o'clock in the morning, you're just out there, you know, is one thing. But when you are professed to be righteous, it says that some of those he had to deal with were righteous. At least he had reason to think in a judgment of charity that they were so. And he must warn them not to apostatize and turn away from their righteousness. We may observe here that the best men in the world have need to be warned against apostasy and to be told of the danger they are in of it and the danger they are in by it. That's apostasy. God's servants must be warned that they do not neglect his work and quit his service. One good, uh, one good means to keep us from falling is to keep up a holy fear of falling. A holy fear of falling. Let us therefore fear, and even those that stand by faith must not be high-minded, but fear, and must therefore be warned. There is a righteousness which is a which a man may turn from. A seemingly righteousness, a seeming righteousness. And if men turn from this, it there it thereby appears that it was never sincere. Oh my goodness. How possible. Nay, how plausible soever it was. For if they had for if they had been of us they would not, no doubt, have continued with us. That's the scripture in 1 John 2 and 19. There are many that begin in the spirit, but end in the flesh, that set their faces heavenward, but look back, that had a first love, but have lost it, and turned from the holy commandment. When men, when men turn from their righteousness, they soon learn to commit iniquity. When they grow careless, when they grow careless and remiss in the in the duties of God's worship, neglect them, or or, or or be negligent in them, they become an, they become an easy prey to the tempter. Omissions make a, uh, make way for commissions. When men turn from their righteousness and commit iniquity, it is just with it, it is just with God to lay stumbling blocks before them. Excuse me for just a minute here. I need to do something here. to set stumbling blocks before them that they may grow worse and worse till they are ripened for destruction. When Pharaoh hardened his heart, God hardened it. When sinners turned their back upon, upon God, uh, deserted service, and so cast a reproach upon it, he does, in a way, righteous judgment not only withdraw his restraining grace and give them up to their own heart's lust, but, uh, but order them by his providence into such circumstances as occasion their sin and hasten their ruin. There are those whom Christ himself is a stumbling, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. The righteousness which men relinquish shall never be remembered to their honor or comfort. It will stand them in no stead 
in this world or the other. Apostates lose all that they have wrought. Their services and sufferings are all in vain and shall never be brought to an account because not because uh, not continued in uh, brought to account because not continued in. It is a rule in the in the law. We are said to do only that which we do perseveringly. If ministers do not give their give fair warning as they ought of the wickedness of the um, of, of the weak, of the weakness of the best, their aptness to stumble and fall, the particular temptations they are in and the, and the fatal consequences of apostasy, the ruin of those that do apostatize will be laid at their door and they shall answer for it. Uh, not, but, uh, uh, not but that there are those who are warned against it and yet turn from their righteousness. But the case is not put, the, but the case is not put here as, we, as, as, as was concerning the wicked man, but on the contrary, that a righteous man being warned takes the warning and does not sin. For if you give instruction to a wise man, he will be yet wiser. We must not only not, not flatter the wicked, but not flatter even the righteous as they uh, were perfectly safe and as, as if they were perfectly safe and were on this uh, on their way to heaven. So finally, if, if, if ministers give warning and people take it, it will it is well for both. Nothing is more beautiful than a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. The one shall live because he is warned and the other has delivered his soul. What can a good minister desire more than to do, more than to save himself and those that hear him? That's, what the, that's, that's who the watchman is. So listen, it doesn't matter whether you are saved or unsaved. Everybody needs to be warned. And God's, maybe God has sent you to be a warning of the people around you. You know, wisdom is a great thing because when you're wise, you, you, you're wise and you listen to God and you listen to, and God speaks to you. He tells you, he shows you, he teaches you how to warn people of their sin. Lovingly, patiently. Some people are, are more rugged and, and, and they require a little bit more a little bit more harshness on your side, but at, but at the same time, your the harshness that you that you warn them with is a is a harshness that shows that you love them. My friends, I've had to do it many times. Prison ministry. Go to the prison and you talk to young men and young women in the prison. My, myself and, and Daisy go down and you know you, you the Lord opens up a way for you to use the attorney's booths and you're sitting there and you're talking to these people these uh, these people in there and they you know they want peace in their life and they want um, good things but but they don't want to give up their rebellion you know they think they they think that they know more than God and so they become very hard-hearted and they become very stiff-necked and you still have to deal with them in such a way to where you get through to them. People think that people think that Christians were supposed to be pushovers. I'll tell you something, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel, even the even some of the, the minor prophets, Habakkuk and, and Micah and Hosea and 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 and, and um and, and uh, Jonah, the, you know, these these prophets could not afford to be pushovers. They might. They had their weaknesses, like we all have our weaknesses, like like I have weaknesses. But I will tell you one thing: 
by it's by God's strength and by God's strength alone that allows me to be a watchman on the wall. My reward is going to come in heaven when I do what I'm supposed to do here on earth. I love people. And the one thing about being a watchman and securing people is you have to love people enough to want their security. You have to love people enough to want to see them healthy and strong and happy. You have to love people enough to want to be to sound the alarm. You want to sit there and nod out all the time. Satan, the, the, the devil goes back and forth as a roaring lion and he's seeking whom he may devour. And if you're a watchman and you close your eyes and you, you close your eyes as a watchman to your home and you close your eyes as a watchman to the church and you close your eyes as a watchman to your community and the enemy sneaks in and destroys, you're the one. You're the one that's going to get in trouble. A, a, a good police officer, uh, 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 you know, when I was in Korea, had a gentleman over there and he was an alcoholic, and he would drink, and and myself and my roommate, we would warn this gentleman, tell me, man, you need to stop drinking so much. You know, you 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 drinking so much, and you you know, one day you one day you you're gonna cause a big problem, man. Because see, we would all drink when I was in Korea. We would drink, we would drink, you know, trying to uh, uh, get drunk because we were away from our families, and that was our excuse, you know. Um, uh, uh, but we would drink, you know, just the uh, alcohol was was cheap, and we would do all these things. We would drink up a storm, and well, one night this gentleman didn't show up at the dorm, and we didn't see him for a couple of days. And then when we did see him, he was on his way out of the military. What had happened is that this young man, he had gotten so drunk, he had gotten so drunk, and then what was even worse is that him being drunk, the uh, Korean guard, listen to me, that should have shot him dead, the gate, the main gate had closed, and that the main gate, and this was a this was a ROK basic training base that I, we were at, and it had a, had a big, uh, uh, like a house style uh, a gun at the front gate, and then there were all the guards had guns. Every so many yard, hundred yards, there was a, a a a guard post there with a guard in it, and they were there all the time. This is in South Korea. Well, what apparently what had happened is that he was so drunk, he missed the curfew to get through the main gate, so he tried to climb the wall. The guard that saw him come across that wall was in his total 100% right to shoot him dead. To shoot him dead. But because he didn't kill him, that guard ended up going to a Korean prison for two years, we heard. He got two years in a Korean prison because he didn't do his job. The gentleman that got drunk and caused this thing to play, he ended up going back. He got kicked out of the, out of the Air Force you know, um, um, uh, with a um, dishonorable discharge, got sent back to the United States. But the guard, the the guard that was on guard, he didn't do what he was supposed to do. He should have shot that drunk soldier dead, because that was his job. And that might sound kind of harsh, but it, it but it's it it is uh, the truth. Now we, as watchmen on the wall, as Christians. It's our responsibility, my friends. When you see something 
take place when you see a loved one or friend or even somebody you might despise they you might not even like them they might have bullied you and talked about you and treated all, treated you all bad on your job or whatever but you see him doing something that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt is going to cause him his eternal soul and you have the opportunity to let him know that he needs a, that if you look man young lady i need to talk to you because i know we don't get along but if you will hear me out, you've been doing some things that you ought not to be doing because you're going to give an account to them. Well, I don't want to hear that. I don't even like you anyway. Okay, well, fine. I just thought I, would, I just thought I would come to you and see if you would hear me out, but apparently you won't. So, you know, you'll give an account to God. But if they turn around and say, well, what, what is it, man? You know, we don't usually talk. What, 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 what do you have to say to me now? What's, what's so important that you need to talk to me? Then you tell them. Because I love you. I don't like you. You don't like me, but I love you. I have to love you. But you're doing some things that's going to cost you your eternal soul. And if you will give an opportunity to, tell, to show you and, and, and show you in the scripture and to tell you, then I'll let you know. But I got to warn you. Listen to me. Do you think that being a, being a watchman on the wall is an easy thing to do? It requires some showing of wisdom from God. It requires fearlessness from God. It requires the love of and the patience that God has for me and you, for you to have that same love and patience for the one that you have to warn. The word of God says that he chastens those whom he loves. He chastens those whom he loves. A good parent is going to warn a child of their wicked ways. Nowadays, we're time we're living in, parents are afraid of their children. So their children, they grow up and they're more wicked than ever before. The word of God says that each generation is worse than the one before it. But we are in a, we are, we, we are in a, we, we're in a time now where people are, uh, people are afraid to warn their children of their rebellion. And so they shoot and they rob and they lie and they curse their parents out. And parents try to use this uh, 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 um, timeout and all these little things that they use for for the children, the children grow up not even having no fear or no, no respect for their parents anymore because the parents haven't warned them properly. But God will God has warned us properly, completely, and perfectly. So there is no excuse. So if you determine that you're gonna defy God, if you determine that you're not gonna heed the warning of the pastor, you're not gonna heed the warning of the uh, the man of God or the woman of God or you're a Christian, if you're not going to heed the warning and you're going to continue in your iniquity, well, then your blood is going to be required at your own hand. But if I had anything to do with it, your blood's not going to be required at my hand. I'm going to let you know. And I would hope that you would love me enough if you see me doing something wrong that you would let me know. But make sure that if it's wrong, it's wrong according to the scripture. Not based on your opinion. Because if I tell you something is wrong, I'm going to find it in the scripture and I'm going to show you in the scripture where it's wrong. Old Testament and New Testament. Because as I said before, God's heart doesn't change. God's heart is the same always. God's heart is always the same. It was God has the same heart now as he did in the very creation. He's going to have the very same heart when we stand before him in judgment that he has right now. God does not change. He doesn't vacillate. He's not wishy-washy the way we are, double-minded, 
unstable in all of our ways. God is perfect and complete. And when he sent these prophets, prophets to the house of Israel and Judah to warn them, he sent them with a perfect warning. Perfect warning, complete and total. He does the same thing today, my friends. So, you know, in, in, in closing, if you are, uh, are uh, a remnant Christian and you profess to be a watchman as a remnant Christian, and we all should be watchmen, we should be watching for each other, well, then you need to prepare yourself for what it takes to be a good watchman. You need to arm yourself with the word of God, prayer, fasting, fellowship with the people, but believers that believe like you do so you can be strengthened. Because I, I, I can guarantee you this, being a watchman is oftentimes a very lonely, solitary, tasking job. Those guards that stand for hours and hours uh, on, those, on those watch posts, like in Korea, they do their 12-hour shifts in the cold. Korea can, Korea can get so cold, my friends. It can get so cold, you won't believe how cold it can get. That wind blowing. But those guard posts are always manned. And those guys, and it's, I don't care if it's hot, because it gets hot there in the summertime. I don't care what's going on. You have to man your post. It's not always easy. It's not always uh, comfortable. You'll lose friends. You might even have family members that'll turn their back on you because they feel as though, you know, you're trying to judge them. No. Ask, the, ask God to give you the wisdom how to deal with your loved ones. Because those could be the worst ones that you have to warn, your loved ones. They could be the worst ones that you have to warn, the ones that profess to love you the most. They love you as long as you're not telling them anything. But the moment that you have to deal with them and you have to tell them what thus saith the Lord, then all of a sudden they don't love you that much anymore. And friends can be almost as bad. And of course, the enemies will. They're, they're going to do it either way. So know this, that Ezekiel and those verses... Ezekiel, the third chapter, verse 17 through 21, that's just, that wasn't just for him then, it's for us now. I want to be a good watchman. And I intend to do just that. I love you. God bless you. You have a great day. And if you determine that you're going to be a watchman, then you be a good watchman.